Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike. I have an incredible guest today, Claudio Cucinata, who is a world tour coach with Astana, former pro racer in Europe. And I was so excited to talk to him that I did not even do an intro. So I told him at the end, hey, let's do the intro and I'll clip it to the beginning. But I just think it's funny and it's sort of, I tried to clip it out and it just messes up the flow because we actually kept talking for a minute. And the hour went by so fast. Claudio clearly has just so much knowledge. It was really a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Claudio, sorry for being such a fanboy and rudely not uh, introducing you properly, but we dove in headfirst and you definitely passed on a lot of knowledge. We're so grateful for you to spend your time with us. Everybody, enjoy this conversation. Buongiorno. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> nice to meet you. You too. Thank you so much for doing this. This is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate you making the time. Um, super pumped to talk to you from both sides of the coin as an athlete and a coach and yeah. just uh, sharing some pearls and wisdom that you have that we can pass on to other anxious cyclists looking to get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, let's jump, just jump right in it. I think maybe a good format. We'll just talk kind of your story, uh, up until you became a pro talk about training, racing, and okay. if there's anything that you want to talk about, tangents are always welcome. So just go whichever way you want. Uh, does that sound right. good to you? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Cool. Great. So Tell us about uh, you as a kid up to like your first pro team, a huge span of years. What are you up to? Are you playing sports? Are you only riding? Do you have siblings around you? What's kind of, who's Claudio as a kid? Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I started playing many different sports. But uh, at, uh, when I was nine years old, I started with cycling. Mm. And that was the one. I mean, yeah. I... I liked it uh, for two years, one or two years. I don't remember. I also played uh, football, football and cycling okay. uh, in the same in the same year. But then I decided to to go on only with cycling, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so, did you have kids in your neighborhood that were riding also, or that's the thing in the U.S. Like a lot of kids aren't in this sport yet, so you get a road bike and you're riding by yourself. Like, did you have friends that you were able to play bikes with, or how did that unfold? I had friends uh, riding bicycles, but not not a sport, only okay. riding just for fun. Yeah, and uh, when I started uh, cycling as a sport, uh, I made new friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my the team uh, when I was young was a team at uh, based at uh, ten kilometers from my house, so it was not so far. And I had uh, teammates uh, at five, ten kilometers from my house, so we became friends. And with some of them, the friendship is still uh, is still there. So sometimes I I still ride with some some of the kids uh, I used to ride when I when I was young. That's so, awesome. Nice. I also have a sister, and uh, she she's four years younger than me. And uh, as I was riding, uh, she started riding very very young. And she she started riding at uh, racing at six years old. <laughs> and yeah, but she, awesome. she was uh, yeah she was much stronger than me. In fact, she she also became a world champion. In junior category, yeah, on the wow. track, I uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so she had a professional career too, and she she quitted uh, three or four years ago. Okay, uh, but she had a a nice career. She won a world championship, European championship. I don't know how many Italian national championships. <laughs> Or on the track. So she was a a sprinter. Yeah. Were your parents athletes also? Not really. I mean, my my dad used to ride his bicycle, but uh, as an amateur, a recreational cyclist, 
he was uh he did many sports when he was young okay. but uh, when i started racing with cycling he he started he studied for becoming coach and when i was i think 10 or 11 years old he became the coach of my my team uh, and since there he he, always, he has always been coaching uh, young uh, young kids, young cyclists, and uh, he still does it. Now he's uh, sixty, no, seventy years old, and he still uh, he still uh, helps uh, young kids, young guys to to become good cyclists. That's awesome! I love that. Yeah. What's when you were younger and you guys were on this team, and let's say from the years of maybe you know junior years what's training like over on a team like that are you how strict is training like is it just hey guys go ride you know are you telling people like go do endurance or is it like you're doing intervals what's that format like for people that young over there yeah. uh so when when i was young when i was uh for uh until 12 years old it mm-hmm. was I don't even remember what we used to do. I mean, we just yeah. used to to ride and uh, yeah. play and uh, race. Uh, Be a kid, uh, one against each other. Yeah, yeah. And races were were just fun. I mean, uh, uh, I don't remember the races, but uh, I remember uh, the the time we spent before and after the race uh, <laughs> of that uh, when I was very young. From I think from fifteen years old. Uh, things became uh, start uh, beginning harder, so training was more important. Uh, but until 16 years old, uh, I only used to ride with uh, with the other guys of my team. I mean, okay. we we used to ride all together. The only mm-hmm. training was riding together and okay. to do efforts on the climbs, but nothing so specific. Okay. Mm-hmm. From so let me jump in there. Old, so when yeah. you say like efforts on the climbs, just like, hey, we see a climb, who's getting to the top first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just like playing, that. Ar- playing around, riding. Yes. Having a- okay. Until, until 16 years old, it was like that. Uh, you have to con- consider that I was uh, 16 years old in 1998. So also in higher level cyclists, training wasn't so specific as it is now okay. so in many cases uh, the the training was the same also in the in the higher levels categories i mean of, of course the uh, the speeds were higher but uh, the the when not the were not so specific uh, workouts okay and when i was uh, 17 so the first year as junior, so in junior category, so the first international UCI category. Mm-hmm. There, my the coach that I had uh, when I was a uh, junior started giving us little uh, uh, training programs. Mm. Okay, so one or two times per week we used to train together with the other guys of the of the team, uh, but uh, the other day, so two, three days per week. I used to ride on my own. I had uh, my training program to follow. And uh, sometimes I I had a, a teammate also that lived uh, close to me. So I we used to train together. But uh, when I was junior, the team was a, a bigger one. Uh, and it wasn't uh, so close uh, to our house. It was a uh, hundred kilometers. So mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, so many teammates close to me as when i was a, a young uh, a young cyclist okay. so i just used to ride with one or two other guys or sometimes on my own i had my training schedule and i tried to follow it uh, as best as, co- as possible and i think that in junior category things started to be more serious okay so were you doing that off rate of perceived exertion or a heart rate monitor there was no heart rate monitor. Heart rate, yeah. okay. I had uh, my first heart rate, heart rate monitor when I was uh, under 16, so at 15, 16 years old. Okay. But the, then it was just for for fun, for for uh, learning how to use it. My dad uh, 
boats. I remember one of the first uh, hard trade monitors. In I I I don't know if it was the the only one of my category who had one when I was fifteen, but uh, some of the few who, who had it. And when I became junior, I started training, um, watching it. I mean, I, yeah. I was looking at the heart rate monitor. We had uh, the first uh, uh, physiological tests. So every one of, uh, of the guys knew his uh, anaerobic threshold and uh, all the heart rate uh, zones. And so we, we used to train uh, with that. Mm. Okay, it's cool. It's I love that you have so much. So we're actually, are you? Uh, you're 39, right? You're now old. I'm 39. Yes. Yeah. So I was looking you up on just your history. We're five days apart. I'm January 17th. So oh, when people shit. usually throw out dates, I interview some of these guys, and they're like 23 years old. So I'm like, wait, uh, born in 1998. Da, da, da. No, so no, when no. you say 98, I know that reference <laughs> yeah. point really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Dude. You understand me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was not riding a bike then. I started <laughs> riding a bike in 2008. And oh, okay. I, I got a road bike in 2009. So okay. glad I found the sport when I did, but I wish I had found it earlier at times. <laughs> that's life. Yeah. So, so we'll go then. Uh, you turned, if I'm correct, Pro Conti in 2006. And yeah. then did you race? How long were you racing uh, pro for? I've been racing as pro from 2006 to 2010. So okay. five years. What are those years like in terms of training, racing? Like what, when you just think like right now, when you just thought back, like, what do you think about those training sessions, about the racing? Like you're just, it's, it's an experience that so few cyclists get to taste what really do you remember the most about those days i think i'm, I'm a, a weird professional cyclist because i yeah i was professional but i i, I wasn't doing only that i mean i wasn't only riding but uh, i was studying because i I I degreed when I was in 2006 in 2000, 2005 and then uh, I got the specialization in 2010 in sports science and um, I mean uh, for, uh, when I was under 23 so the category before uh, pro cycling uh, I had uh, it it was very hard I, uh, I if I'm honest I I, I don't know how, now I could uh, how I could do what I used to do because yeah. I really I I had to go to lessons at university mm -hmm. and uh, I had to study a lot I used to train uh, not as much as my competitors because uh, they had uh, the whole day to train but mm -hmm. I used to train for example in winter I could only train on indoor trainer mm. that they weren't that it wasn't the indoor trainer we have now. Yeah. Uh, you were on you Zwift. Had, no, I weren't <laughs> on Zwift. I, I, I was in front of the wall and uh, it was <laughs> very hard to do that. But uh, it was very, um, uh, very, it was a good experience. So let me ask you that. What someone just asked me this, my history of coming up through, I'm only a category one cyclist, but I was in uh, Northern US. So snowy, horrible winter. And people mm -hmm. asked me, like we had heard you used to ride a trainer and do these like big basement rides. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wanted it. Like I just, that that's my own, was my only option. And I didn't want to be dropped every race in spring. What was <laughs> driving you to do that? Because we look back and people have it so much easier with Zwift and all the other platforms and like entertainment. And it's just like, what do you think was getting you to kit up? What was the motivation? Uh, the motivation was the same as you. I mean, uh, I was uh, in under 23 category and if I didn't train, uh, <laughs> the, the, the races would be, <laughs> would have been very, very hard. Yeah. They were hard also train, uh, training. So if I didn't train, they were even harder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm lucky because I, I've i always been a, a good cyclist. So I, I used to have a nice results as in a young categories, but also in junior category and also in under 23 categories. 
So that was a big motiva motivation because mm -hmm. uh, I could see that uh, if I could train properly, results were coming. Probably mm -hmm. if results weren't coming, I wouldn't have done that. Right. I'm honest. Uh, and another thing was that uh, they were my first years are at the university and it was very nice and very, um, I learned a lot mm -hmm. uh, from training on the, on the indoor trainer because I could try, I could make uh, uh, experiments on me, on myself. Okay. I could try to apply uh, what I, what I was studying at the university on myself. So, mm. I, I, I was my, I've been my first uh, customer. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, from 19 years old, I didn't have any, any coach. I was the coach of myself, okay. even because uh, uh, now there are coaches everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was 19, it wasn't like that. There were only a few coaches. It wasn't a, a job. I mean, uh, it, it, only few, there were only few coaches. And what were some I of think, those experiments that you were running on yourself? What would you try to figure out in the lab <laughs> of the basement? Um, many, many things, because I think something interesting is that uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I was one of uh, maybe the first uh, uh, under 23 in Italy to use a power meter. Okay. It was 2001 and I bought my first uh, power meter. Um, SRM? And, uh, yeah. I uh, bought, saved uh, up the uh, money. I, I used a uh, second hand, okay? Not a, not a new <laughs> one because I couldn't afford uh, the, a new one. I bought, uh, used the SRM. And uh, there, one year later, I, I bought uh, one of the first power tops okay. uh, in the hub. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was very nice. And um, so I was one of the first guys with a power meter. In fact, someone used to also my my sports director when I was under 23 used to look at my wheel with the power top up and used to say, well, what's that? Why yeah. do you use that? Is it a, an engine? What is it? <laughs> uh, does it help you? No, it doesn't help me going faster. I mean, it helps me, but uh, uh, with, with the training. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what somebody said to me once they said well how does the power meter make me go faster I said well <laughs> not on the ride but hopefully big picture it does yeah. i did a i did a team time trial we had it was called empire state game so it was new york state is a pretty big state here in the u.s and they split it up into different regions and the regions raced each other and so we had a team time trial and i just got a power tab hub and so someone's like hey do you want to borrow my disc wheel for this time trial Mm. should have said yes but <laughs> having this new toy i'm like i really want the power file i want to know what watts i'm doing so i was like i'm just gonna use the power so Our choice a, yeah <laughs> it's like uh we, you know live and learn but <laughs> so you're you're doing the experiments in the basement um yeah yeah and, in the basement at the university uh because of uh because i had only not so much time to train because mm -hmm. normally an under 23 a rider used to ride between 15 and 25 hours per week and mm -hmm. used to ride at least 30 or 40 percent less so from 10 12 mm -hmm. to 18 hours per week mm -hmm. and so i realized that uh, if i'd have trained like my competitors or my teammates it wasn't enough Mm -hmm. I had to train, I had to, to focus on intensity. Mm -hmm. So I started training for one hour, one hour and a half on the indoor trainer with high intensity intervals. One of the, maybe the, the craziest thing I've done, I think on the indoor trainer was uh, because I, I, I had the first uh, um, uh, power files uh, in racing, mm -hmm. so I started analyzing them, and I realized, uh, shit. But uh, what we are, what we used to do in training is not completely different, but very different from what we we do in races. Because I mean, in the early two thousand years, or or in the late nineteen ninety nineties, uh, what you used to do was uh, training at 
constant intensity. Uh, you used to do, uh, you, you, you used to say tempo, tempo training, a lot of tempo training, a little bit of uh, threshold training, but not so many uh, variations of, uh, of intensity. Okay. And I used to do that too, because I was taught that uh, that, mm -hmm. that was the, the best way to train. Uh, sometimes some strength, but not so not so high intensity efforts. Mm -hmm. And then I, I analyzed my power files, and I said, "Shit, it, it's not what <laughs> I'm not training for that for what I what I what I have what I need to do in races because the the power profile was mm -hmm. now everyone everyone knows that for example in a criterium it is. Uh, up and down yes. everything it's uh, 1000 zero 8200 mm -hmm. and so i started to um, to do something similar to that and so i started to uh, 15 seconds effort with 15 seconds recovery 30 seconds 30 seconds and uh, once uh, I, i remember very well because now i i teach at uh, Um, Italian Cycling Federation uh, courses for sports directors, and I often show this uh, this picture. Uh, I did one hour, uh, 15 seconds at 500 uh, watts, and 15 seconds off for one hour. So uh, it was crazy. Nobody My, wants uh, you as a coach now. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at, at that time, my anaerobic threshold was uh, three three hundred sixty, so it was well uh, mm -hmm. a lot above my my anaerobic threshold. But uh, I I understood that uh, if you uh, do short efforts, I, I, in one hour I did thirty thirty uh, minutes at five hundred watts. That mm -hmm. for me, of, of course, it was uh, impossible to do. In a continuous uh, workout, uh, I would be, I would have been like Cantalaga if I could do that, but <laughs> I, I wasn't. And so that was it was very very fascinating, and uh, I learned a lot from that uh, that period, those years. How do you kind of go, thinking and looking at yourself, picturing yourself in this basement? You seem obviously as a very intrinsically motivated person from the inside you're at school you're training you're at a really high level you're also now engaged with world tour athletes who are probably the very same do you ever in conversation have athletes that sort of lack that that i don't know if you ever coach just amateurs one thing that i sometimes wonder is I don't necessarily need a cheerleader personally. I like someone there to help me organize the workouts as an athlete. But as a coach, like, what would you say to someone that needs a little like kick in the pants, a little motivation? Is it simply either you do it or you don't perform? Or you know, does, do you ever get? Do you ever see that scenario anywhere? Or maybe a pro that is like had a bunch of bad races on a bad streak like how do you motivate those people or do you think it really only can come from inside i think uh a big part comes from from the inside but of mm -hmm. course uh, a coach or can do can do a lot i often see some guys who have big big potential a big engine but uh, they don't have the motivation uh, or They, they only have it sometimes, for example, for two months or a year, but not for the, for the, for the other 10 months. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in those cases, it's not easy to make them understand that uh, they should be more focused and focused all, all over the year because it's not like a normal job. I mean, uh, being a cyclist is a 365 uh, years uh, days uh, job. If for 30 days you, do, you don't do your job properly, it, it will affect the, the rest of the year. Okay. Mm. So uh, this is a, the, the earlier you understand this and the, the better you can, uh, you can perform. Mm. Uh, some years ago, I mean, uh, it was easier to find guys with big engine, but, but uh, in Italian you say with, with no head. Okay, uh, they, 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 they don't have big motivation or big, uh, uh, they want to, they don't want to, uh, 
uh, to struggle on the bicycle, okay? Uh, but so- sometimes some of these guys could could uh, could win or could perform very well, uh, even if they didn't, uh, they, they they weren't focused uh, three 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 hundred sixty five years uh, days per year. Mm-hmm. Now it's much more difficult because the level is much higher. Uh, everyone does his job at hundred percent. I mean, ninety percent of the of the riders do their job hundred percent. And uh, if you don't if you don't do everything at your best, even if you're a champion, if even if you're you have a big big engine, it's not possible to achieve big uh, big results. So this is a is something that uh, is very important for a for a for a young rider or for a for a professional cyclist to understand. Uh, Otherwise, they they won't be they, they cannot uh, they cannot do that job. I mean, uh, they have to uh, they, they can become recre- recreational cyclists, but uh, being a professional cyclist require, requires a lot of uh, a lot of motivation, a lot of effort. So, something that you said really stood out of just how high the level has become, and especially it seems more people talk about now how specialized everyone is becoming and. What do you think, or maybe when do you think an athlete that has the potential to be a world tour cyclist needs to hone in on, hey, I need to be a one-day specialist. Hey, I'm only going to be a time trialist. Maybe I can do GC stuff. You in the basement doing these, you know, you had more of the sprinter phenotype. So maybe you were drawn to this criterium style training. When does it, is it U23 that it's like, hey, you really got to start focusing in because the level is just so high or does that come through their racing and maybe they need a few more years under their belt to really get in the pro peloton and figure things out what kind of conversations do you have with the younger side of athletes coming up that are really high level uh, i think it it's the it depends okay mm-hmm. there are some guys who even when they are 17 18 years old you see that uh, for example their their power profile is very um uh, you can see cr- clearly that it is a uh, uh, more a sprinter or more a climber or more a time trialist and for some guys it's not like that uh, some guys have a for example a very complete power profile and they are not super in uh, in any area in any power area but they are good in uh, in all of them and so for that kind of, uh, of riders uh, they probably will understand uh, racing what uh, what is their their best attitude and uh, where they can perform uh, at the best um uh, about stage races, uh, the only way to understand that is racing uh, in stage races because that is something that um, is not easy to understand from uh, a single test or from uh, yes. uh, just looking at the power profile. Okay, mm-hmm. because there are super, for example, super climbers that have uh, very high values of uh, watt per kilos in twenty minutes or sixty minutes, but Mm, they could also not uh, not not have a good uh, not have good uh, recovery attitude, and so they they perform well uh, in one day hard races or in short stage races like uh, five days one week stage races, but they don't perform well in uh, in Grand Tours, mm-hmm. and you can understand that only only by racing doing them yeah yeah. I, I selfishly ask that question because in coaching amateurs and a lot of people that in the U.S. find cycling later in life, people now have access to all these tools. You know, Cat5, Joey has WKO and seems to know everything and they are certain charts stick out to people. So they're like, this is what I am. And I'm like, you haven't even done that race yet. Like go race and learn and you're going to progress not only physically but just how to race like as you're saying you might be a great climber but if you're starting to climb in 80th 
you're yeah. you're going to get dropped probably. Yeah, so it's interesting to see how uh, the physical side and then the actual racing and how people bring it all together is is always an interesting story. Also, the when, psychological point of view is uh, is very interesting in that because uh, there are riders that maybe from the uh, from the physic from the physiological point of view they could perform well at stage races but from the psychological point of view they can't because they 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 really can't stay focused for 21 days because in a stage race even also a flat a flat stage uh, is very important because uh, if you get dropped because of a uh, echelon no echelon mm-hmm. yeah echelon correct? yeah echelon sorry no it's okay uh, is a you, you you can't win because if right. you lose uh, five minutes in a in a flat stage with some wind, uh, you go home. I mean, you right. don't go home, but you you can't yeah. you can't win. You can't uh, you can't do well. And so, also the psychological point of view is very very important. What it, go in on that a little bit more of maybe the mindset and psychology is there a difference that you see that stands out between the grand tour team and then maybe someone going into a one day race or I can only, I mean, I've only been able to read about the pro Peloton. I can only watch videos and I'm, it has to be so intense. Like the, how tired your brain has to be after these races because there's so much going on. What is what, you know, do you guys work on mindset and the mental aspect of racing with these athletes or are they all just savages that know how to execute? I mean, uh, so far uh, until some years ago, it was, uh, it, de- it depends on, uh, it depended only on, on them, on what they had uh, inside. Mm-hmm. In in last in last years, uh, the uh, it has been seen that the, the psychological point uh, point of view is very very important, and so mental coaches uh, are mental coach is a um, a person that can help uh, can help a lot in these uh, in these cases. Um, is is like uh, the the coach uh, in the teams and until uh, 15 years old 10 years old um, only there were only some coaches as we we, we said some minutes ago and uh, there were only few teams who had a coach inside the team mm-hmm. but now every team has a as one two our team has, uh, has three coaches so it's normal uh, but uh, until 15 years old that is not so much mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't normal and I think it will become the same also with uh, mental coaches. Now only some teams have uh, have one, but I think in five or ten years, every team will have one or maybe maybe more mental coaches because that uh, that aspect is very 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 important and it's something that uh, can be trained, can be trained that uh, uh, needs it requires very very specific train training and. Uh, on your own, I think it's very difficult. You you can't do that. Uh, you need someone uh, to tell you how, how to do that. And so when you say you could train it, what aspect would you be looking to train? Like, Sorry? Men- or like when you say it can be trained mentally, like mental focus or mental, yeah. like what aspects of the mental side? I, I think that the, in pro cycling, the aspect that probably really makes the difference is uh, uh, when you're strug- struggling, when you're full gas, to to be able to to hold on, to mm-hmm. to go to go for one more minute, two more minutes, to go one more sprint, uh, one more attack. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that uh, I'm pretty sure that of course you need to to be physiologically very talented. But uh, when you 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 take the the first ten of the of a of the of a GT general classification, from the physiological point of view, probably they are almost the same. I mean, they are there are very 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 little differences, mm-hmm. and probably what makes the difference could really be the the psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably the the one who, who can win can uh, can f- um, 
can live with the pain uh, for, for longer, okay? Uh, can, uh, can do one more, one more attack, one more sprint, and that can be trained from the, from the physical point of view, but probably also from the psychological point of view. Did you have any personal pep talk you gave yourself when you were hanging on for dear life and you were like, same thing, like come out one more minute, just, you know, group's going to slow down. Were there anything that you remember thinking to just keep you going? Yes, something, yes. But uh, I remember that in some moments uh, I I couldn't think about that. I mean, uh, it's difficult to, to explain. When you're full gas, but uh, um, you're, you still can, can, can think, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can think about that and you can say, okay, hold on, uh, one more minute. Uh, they are going to slow down. Uh, everyone is tired. Everyone is struggling. Uh, you're not the only one. Come on. But uh, when you're completely fucked, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you, can, you can't think about anything. And, and, but I'm sure that this can be trained. But mm-hmm. when I was a, a pro rider, this aspect wasn't, uh, uh, it w- probably wasn't considered uh, important. Uh, mm-hmm. No one could imagine how much it could make the difference. Right. So that's a good segue. Let's talk about importance of stuff. When you think very open-ended question, we'll ask you as the athlete and then you as a coach now, uh, what do you think is the most important aspect of training? Mm-hmm. Okay, the most uh, difficult, <laughs> the most yeah, important. Right? Is... <laughs> <laughs> Big question. <laughs> uh, n- now, what what really makes the difference is uh, for sure intensity. Okay, mm. so until uh, uh, twenty years ago, uh, everyone thought that uh, who could train longer uh, could could become stronger okay you do uh, 200 kilometers if you can do 220 you become stronger 200 240 you become even stronger mm-hmm. but now we know that it's not like this mm-hmm. uh, if you do uh, 150 kilometers it's enough but mm-hmm. uh, you have to do some efforts and some also some hard efforts in those uh, 150 kilometers. Um, Can you get so, specific on those? Like what type of efforts do you think are most common? It depends on the rider and what they're doing. Yeah, but, of course. It depends on yeah. the rider, on the, on the period of the year, on the, uh, on the race uh, you're, you're preparing. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think we could uh, divide the, the different kind of, of training of workouts in i think three areas okay so the strength workouts power workouts uh, and you can put there some uh, sprints from different uh, starting from different speeds from from zero from 10 kilometers 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers per hour with different gears mm-hmm. okay and that is uh, we can call it maximum strength it's not properly maximum but we can mm-hmm. call it like that um or explosive strength okay, okay? that is something um someone thinks that uh, that kind of workout has to be done only by the the sprinters but that is not true also a climber even if a, a sprinter a 70 kilogram sprinter can do uh, 1500 uh, watts or even more a very a very strong one can do 17 1800 uh, watts uh, a climber probably a 60 kilos climber can do 900 1000 mm-hmm. watts mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it does it doesn't need to train on sprint for for the sprint itself because uh, it's it's always uh, more difficult to to go solo and to win a, a race solo uh very often you also climbers uh arrive with uh, a, a group of uh, three four or five climbers and uh, who win is the uh, the sprinter the the, 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 the more the most sprinter of them yeah <laughs> sometimes you see you see sprints uh, between climbers it looks like a slow-mo sprint uh, but uh, it's like that 
<laughs> I love it, Claudio. For, 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 for a climber, it's also important uh, training with sprints, also to to get better from the from the strength, from the power point of view, and mm-hmm. that it, that can help a lot also in climbing. Okay. And I don't know this. Stu- I don't know the. I'm not a big like th- reference this study all the time, but I had heard too when you neglect the anaerobic side and those fibers too much that when you do use them, so maybe not even a sprint, but a hard surge, they're going to experience more fatiguing metabolites than an athlete that just does some sprint training every once in a while, just keep those fibers active. So I don't know the exact physiological study or data on that, but anecdotally in my head, I'm like, that makes sense. If you never sprint, sprints are going to be really fatiguing. So it's interesting. Have you ever heard anything like that? Yeah, I ever heard anything like that. I mean, in, in training, it's always very difficult to say what what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. what uh, gives you a response or another one, mm-hmm. because it's it's very different uh, from a rider to to another. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure. Uh, when also when you do even if you're a climber but you go to a race in a race before the climb you do many sprints mm-hmm. even if you don't want okay right so if your if your maximum power is uh, 800 uh, watts and you have to sprint at uh, 750 to 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 stay in the peloton after the corners you are almost full gas yes. if you you can raise your maximum power to 900 instead of 800 when you go 70 is uh, 750 it's a little bit easier okay yes. because you're not at 90 percent, but you're at 80 percent of your maximum so also that aspect i think uh, has to be considered and uh, is important awesome sorry to okay. sorry to sidetrack you there so strength and power or explosive power what was the second one yeah. you would consider uh, Aerobic power, aerobic capacity. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, so working at uh, uh, if if we talk about uh, training zones, uh, zone three, zone four, zone five, uh, especially zone four, probably is the. I talk about uh, a road cyclist. Okay, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, for example, you talk about a, a mountain biker. Uh, cross-country mountain biker it probably is completely different i mm-hmm. i train a lot of mountain bike riders of high level uh, and uh, the training for a road rider for a cross-country mountain biker is pretty different mm-hmm. because of course the the races are the, the the duration is different the the intensity is different uh, so we, we take as an example only the the road uh, the road cyclists mm-hmm. that have to perform on four five six hours uh, races, sometimes stage races and uh, and so on. Uh, also about uh, aerobic uh, aerobic power, you can also train with uh, shorter efforts but uh, very very high intensity, uh, maximum aerobic power, for example. How do you um, how do you recognize uh, how do you establish the different uh, training zones? You can do it in different ways. You can test uh, uh, the most the most common test is uh, the twenty minutes uh, test. It's very easy to, easy from the um, from a te- practical point of view is mm-hmm. very hard uh, physically mm-hmm. you have to do 20 minutes uh, full gas and from there you you have uh, you can uh, you can have all the the training zones for example you you can do in the lab or also on the road you can do a incremental test for example, it de- depends on the on the rider, of course, but uh, you start from low intensity, 100, 150 watts or 200 if the, 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 the rider is a high level one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go you go up of 20 watts for every, uh, for every minute, for example, or 10 watts, it depends on, on the rider. And usually the, the last step that the rider can uh, can complete, that is the maximum aerobic power. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the last minute that they can hold the full last minute they can hold. Yeah. They can hold for a minute is the maximum aerobic power. 
for example, a 70 kilos uh, pro rider. It depends, of course, on the characteristics, but normally can uh, can go at uh, 480, 500 watts. Mm -hmm. Okay, about seven seven watts per kilo. Mm -hmm. uh, normal rider, uh, average rider. Okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> a, a top uh, a top rider can go. For example, a top climber who, whose weight is uh, 60 kilos can uh, can also go in an incremental test uh, also to eight watts per kilo, or even some a super top rider uh, even more. It's wild, uh, yeah. And so taking that, you can do many efforts. For example, if uh, my maximum aerobic power is 500 watts. I can do, for example, 30 seconds effort at that power, 30 seconds off, or 40 seconds at that power, 20 seconds off, and, and so on. You can, you can do many, many, many workouts. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I, would, uh, I would say that another big uh, area of, uh, of workouts uh, could be the, the long endurance uh, rides. Mm -hmm. Uh, so usually they are uh, as long as uh, the races uh, from the duration point of view and uh, so five or six hour rides sometimes you can put some efforts uh, in them sometimes someone doesn't put any effort in them someone just just rides it also depends on uh, on the period of the year for example in this period uh, november december usually they do when they do long rides they don't don't put any effort but uh, when the season uh, when the races are coming closer you you also put some efforts uh, in the long rides okay so are they mostly doing when they're doing the long rides just zone 2 i know that we have a couple coaches that i work with that are in slovenia um, one's a conti guy and they always laugh at like the americans ride too hard my coach is in Europe, in uh, UK, and he's like, you could ride a little easier on these rides. So we always joke, we're like, we got to go do Euro endurance. Um, <laughs> they're cruising, chatting pace, really, just for the five-hour rides. Um, I mean, uh, it, it depends on the period of the year. In this period, in the first, uh, in the winter period, yeah. usually, yes. So zone two... You do the climbs at zone three. Okay. So, so it's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's a little effort behind them. People, cause that's, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. so I'm actually in Florida now, which is super flat, but I live in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so if I do a five hour ride, it's 10,000 feet, uh, your meters is three, like three, three, yeah, around three, three thousand, yeah, three thousand. So it's hilly. And, um, you know, if I'm 80 kgs, maybe plus one or two. Uh, if I go endurance, it's like just kind of slow. So I'm like a little bit in the tempo. I'm not like cranking threshold all the time, but it also from the mental side, I'm like, I like riding yeah, my yeah. bike. So it's a little like, no, if you do five hours, only zone one, zone two, you, 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 you I think you fall asleep on the bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it, I think it doesn't have so much sense to go so slow for so many hours. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some little effort as zone three, uh, but, but you, you you don't even have to think about that because if you go climbing, of course, uh, Pogacar to go as zone three has to has to push a lot because mm. probably he will he has a I don't know five point five watts per kilo at zone three, mm -hmm. uh, but for a, a normal rider who has I don't know a zone three three watts per kilo, uh, if he goes on a climb. He can't do. He can't go slower than that. Almost. Right. So, it's okay. Yeah. What's it? So, what's it like then working with uh, World Tour pros? And we'll actually have to do the intro at the end. I was so excited to talk to you, man. We didn't even do an intro. I was just like really looking forward to this. What <laughs> What's it been like? How? You know, and, and yourself as an athlete. I don't know if there was still the rule back then that if you were a World Tour, you had to have a coach. But now you have athletes. Is it are they mostly welcoming to all the new data and science? I'm sure it varies athlete to athlete. But at the same time, I'm sure 
you're a coach that's been a pro and you, you know what it was like to have somebody maybe trying to tell you what to do. And you're like, I kind of know myself. Like what's that interaction like? Yeah. Of course it depends, but yeah, the, the young, the young guys, everyone knows about power efforts, uh, workouts. Um, usually they are very experienced about, mm. uh, about this. Um, some years ago, probably the the the, the old riders, some, some of the, for some of them was hard to 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 train with power, to train with uh, high intensity efforts and so on. But now, uh, on the last years, uh, everyone has understood that uh, that's the only way to uh, to train. Uh, mm-hmm. And so also the the older riders. Uh, they they learned that how to train with a power meter, how to how to to follow a training program based on uh, high intensity efforts, and so that that is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my in my case, uh, for me, I I found uh, easier uh, to to to. Um, to be listened listened from mm-hmm. the riders mm-hmm. because when they know that I've been a professional cyclist too, mm-hmm. uh, they know that I'm not just talking. But right. I I did that. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried what I I suggest them to do, mm-hmm. and uh, I I still try with because I I still ride my bicycle. Not mm-hmm. of course not so <laughs> so fast as uh, I used to do. I don't have so much so much time to train, but uh, when I can, I always uh, take the bicycle and go for a ride. I like doing efforts uh, because I I like uh, trying on myself, uh, feeling what the athletes, uh, my athletes, uh, will feel when uh, when I will uh, will propose them uh, the workouts. Mm-hmm. And so I I think, I mean. Uh, of course, not all the all the coaches ride their bicycle. Not all of them have been pro cyclists. It's normal, but I think that is the the plus uh, the, uh, the thing I can give more uh, to them. Uh, yeah. So I think that in in my case, it is what makes the difference. I mean, I have uh, the the theoretical uh, point of view, but also the practical point of view. Right. And so I think that. This is uh, what, in, in my case, makes uh, really makes the difference. Do you then, are you in like, I, and I don't always know the, how all the roles work at different teams. Are you actually in someone's training peaks or whatever software and like putting yeah. workouts in there? Or do you more find it important to look at the big picture and trends? And I guess if you have a younger athlete that's already very familiar with power and has an idea of what's gotten them to this pro level, which is more important, the the micro side of do this workout on Thursday or, hey, over the past month, this is what I'm noticing. How do you balance that type of thing? Also, this uh, depends on the rider. There are okay. riders who, who like and who, who need uh, to be told uh, everything. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, today you have to do, I don't know, four hours training, ride with... Uh, uh, one 10 minutes effort like this, uh, mm-hmm. one 20 minutes, one 30. And there are some riders who, uh, who like to be uh, f- uh, more um, free. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I tell them, okay, today we work on uh, maximum aerobic power. So uh, we can do, uh, I don't know, uh, four minutes efforts. But I don't need to tell them you have to go, for example, 480 watts. They know, they know their maximum aerobic power. They know today they feel very well. They go five, uh, 500. Mm-hmm. Today they don't feel so well. They go 450. Mm-hmm. Um, they have experience. They have sensibility, and uh, they know how to handle uh, to handle this. In my experience, I would say 80% of the riders are in the first category so the ones who, who need uh, to be told uh, interesting almost everything uh, 
Yeah. 20% is of the second uh, category. Is... Nowadays, some years ago, probably was the, the opposite. But now the young, the young riders are, um, they, have, they have been taught uh, working like this. And, uh, and sometimes this is not always a, a, a good, uh, something good. Okay. Mm. Because if they don't have the plan, if today the power meter doesn't work, they are like lost. Yes. Okay. And so, uh, from a point of view, the, the, it's good because they are very precise. They do the workouts perfectly. They download every day their, their bike computer. You mm-hmm. always know what they do. Probably the, the big part of them uh, give you feed, good feedbacks about what they did. But uh, I repeat, sometimes it's not so good because they are too, um, they are like slave of the power meter, yeah. slave of the numbers, and the power meters today doesn't work. It's the ride didn't happen. Than, yeah. Yes. Or sometimes uh, some of them don't even have the, the, the sensibility to understand when, for example, the power meter uh, doesn't say the truth. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. power meters are very precise instruments, uh, but sometimes um, you, you just uh, they, they don't work properly. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you Probably because you don't use them properly. So if you don't uh, make the zero offset properly, mm-hmm. they could also tell you that you're going 20 watts or 30 watts uh, more than you are or, or less than you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, uh, if my power meter uh, says uh, 10 watts more or less, I, I, I realize immediately. Uh, but some guys, even if it says 30 watts or tw- uh, le- more or less, they don't, they don't realize. Mm-hmm. And so they train l- lower intensity or much higher intensity without, without knowing them, without Thinking, realizing. Yeah. So they, they, sometimes uh, they only care about the numbers. Uh, and I, I experienced this also in races. Uh, in fact, there was a period with some riders uh, some years ago, not when uh, in Astana, but in a, in a smaller team, uh, we had many, many young guys. I, I used to, tr- uh, to work with Bagdiani. He's a mm-hmm. pro-continental team mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. was all uh, composed by Italian young uh, guys. Bright kids. <laughs> I love seeing that. <laughs> I can't miss them. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, with some of them, we, we had to, to take off the, the power uh, value from, from the racing. Uh, from the screen. Uh, yeah, from the racing screen, because uh, they, they were a slave of that. Oh if, they, if they knew that they could do, I don't know, for 10 minutes effort, they could do 500 watts. If they, they, they were seeing that they were going 550 in the first minute of, of climb, they immediately got dropped, mm-hmm. but um, racing is not like that. It's not a time trial. You have to follow yes. the the fastest guys if if you want to if you want to win if you want to go to to do a good uh, a good performance. And so, f- for some of them, uh, it was difficult to uh, not to not not to not to see the numbers and uh, they, they were slave of them. This is you may, that whole clip right there. I think one of the best things that my coach Tom has helped me get a better sense on of I've been training for 13, 14 years. And I think with the power meter, it's very easy as the athlete when you're looking at your own calendar, doing your own workouts to get so focused on that. And he's even said things, you know, remember like day to day, if you're riding the bike, that's a great thing. Don't get so hyper-focused on one workout. That's not going to change yeah. the world. There's no magic workout also. And so being a little bit looser with that and going by how you're feeling and, and remembering that, you know, all these four by 10 or three by 15, like it's for convenience of us as an athlete and a coach to have a point, but yeah. who's to say it's not supposed to be 13 minutes and 33 seconds or yeah. 20 watts less or... So you make it such a great point and man, we're already at an hour. It's, uh, 
was is there anything that I'm that you maybe want to say or talk about that the time went so quickly I could talk to you for another five hours? I really appreciate you doing <laughs> this. Um, the one question that people always yeah. are curious to hear from someone like you, uh, Cat One or Two, which is just amateur good cyclist here. Yeah. What do you think is the next? What do you think they have to focus on to make it to that pro level? I mean, um, I think that to turn pro now. Of course, you need numbers. You have to be. You, you gotta have the engine because you don't. Uh, you don't turn pro if you if you don't have the physiological uh, values to mm-hmm. to stay in the pro peloton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I the numbers are a condition uh, uh, necessary, but not sufficient. Okay, so it doesn't mean that if you have, have the numbers, you can be a good pro. Uh, there is much more, and so. I think a category one, category two rider, if has the the potential to become uh, to become a pro, has to focus on the training, of course, but also on nutrition, on the mental aspect. Also, it has to be an athlete uh, at three three sixty three sixty hundred three sixty degrees. Okay, so uh, also uh, take care of his body. Uh, with, uh, for example, uh, core stability training, uh, stretching, uh, also uh, to train the technique, the the guiding, and the the handling of the of the bicycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the, the speeds are always uh, higher, and mm-hmm. that requires um, better handling skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you if you're not so good at dry at riding the bicycle at uh, uh, descending or cornering yeah. and so on, you have to train for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like uh, like the kids, like uh, the, the the little kids, you have to to do. In Italy, we say gymkana. I don't know how to say it in in English. Like a skill, uh, skill little uh, little Gym- gymnastics. Uh, no, not gymnastic. Gymkhana It's like um, 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 little tracks with uh, many corners. Oh, okay. Uh, you have to turn right and left, uh, little up, little down. Okay. Uh, many different. Uh, we need that here. Yeah. I need that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, I I remember that we we my dad when I was a young kid we, we used to go in a in the parking of a of a supermarket and we used to go right left right left be, be, between the cars between the 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 parking area uh, to to learn how to how to corner mm. and that that looks silly but uh, i think it's not is uh, is very important i i learned a lot from from that or for example uh, if you have uh, difficulties in riding the bicycle uh, when it's wet uh, you could do some cyclocross, for example, to to learn uh, some some skills about riding the bicycle in, in different uh, uh, grip conditions. Uh, also, for example, some track training could be. Of course, you have to you you gotta live uh, close to a track. But if you have the possibility, I think it's very important because you can learn more. Uh, you, you can improve your your abilities, and uh, uh, it's it's something that I I think is very important. I think the huge takeaway is how many things you have to be good at to be a pro cyclist. Yeah, it's yeah. just so many aspects to it that are so far beyond power, which is one thing that we all focus on. But there's so many other pieces to it. It's uh, just an incredible sport with incredible athletes at that highest level. It's wild. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Claudio, thank you, man. This was so awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And let's actually, I'll clip it to the beginning. Let's do the intro real quick. Um, <laughs> give a, usually I always had said that this is the easiest question, but people sometimes pause. So the har- hardest question first, who is Claudio Cucinata? Who is that? He's a passionate. Uh, first, he's a uh, passionate coach, passionate cyclist. Uh, uh, I I I love uh, I love coaching, but I also uh, I still love riding. So uh, 
when I have uh, five minutes uh, of time, I try to uh, to focus on myself, on my, on my physical shape, mm. and uh, uh, I try to do every day the best for for my my athletes. Uh, but also, I try to give to to be an example for them and to do to, to try to to train uh, for the for the few for the little time i have uh, at my best uh, and you're at, know, yeah. and what's your role at astana these days uh, now uh, at astana we just uh, all the riders are starting to train uh, in on these days some someone has uh, has uh, already started someone will start next week Mm. but uh usually uh they they did two or three weeks of uh vacation of uh, of rest and now they are all uh, all starting training again and uh from the beginning of december we will go in the first training camp in spain mm-hmm. so uh two three weeks uh training camp then everyone will go home for the christmas uh holidays and then at the beginning of January, after the Christmas holiday, we will uh, go again for the second training camp. And uh, at the at the end of January, beginning of February, the the racing season uh, will start again. So, L- looking forward to oh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claudio, I hope you enjoy your afternoon. Thank you again, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to posting this. I'll tag you. Are you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. Shoot you tag there and uh, thank yeah, you again. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend and we'll talk thank later. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, awesome. Wealth of knowledge that we like <laughs> just got to scratch the surface of, but it was, <laughs> man, it's incredible. Okay. Have a great week. Thanks a lot. See ciao. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye.